Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Montreal, Canada. Welcome to the show, Axel Mont-Saint-Jean. Hi, Victor. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, great to have you here. Now, you're working in some, I'll say, small to medium-sized projects, a lot of redevelopment. And I know you've had a rather interesting project uh, that we've not talked about on the show before. But before we go into the details of that project, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Sure. Thank you, Victor. So it's, I've been investing in real estate for about five years now. Started with a, actually with a condo and then uh, some small multifamily doing some optimization. And I've always looked for a development, a new construction project. And this one kind of fell on my lap um, back in February and then went full ahead on it. And because it corresponds to getting me closer to my dream, my dream is to develop a big, big piece of land with a few hundred units and build a neighborhood so families can build memories. So this is kind of like a first step in order to get there. I love it. So you're based in Quebec, which is a slightly different legal system than the rest of most of North America because it's based on French civil code as opposed to British common law. Mm-hmm. How is developing or investing in Quebec different than, say, other areas? That's a very good question. I'm surprisingly like less familiar with other areas. So sometimes it's a bit difficult for me to compare. Um, but you're right that we do have in Quebec here a little bit of a l- different legal system. Uh, we're very pro pro tenant. And uh, sometimes the, I was going to say the, the onus is on the owner to prove anything, to do anything. So that's, that's been a bit challenging, but you know, you just got to go with the law and you go with it. And in the end, you know, we are tenants, are our clients, and we want to work with absolutely everybody in the best possible way. And I am a strong believer in karma. So do good things and good things will happen back regardless of the legal system. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've been taking on a redevelopment project that's got some interesting complexity to it. Uh, what happened there? Yeah. So it was back in uh, in February, started the, the project. We actually closed on the land in April. And what happened is that it was in, um, it's in about 45 minutes north of Montreal in the city of Saint-Jérôme, um, in, a, in a bit of the, in the downtown core, fairly close to the train station where there was a commercial duplex uh, that was vacant since about three years. It's on a 15,000 square foot piece of land. It's actually two lots side by side between a busy road and the river that runs through town. And that place has been vacated for quite a while. It's been squatted and there'd been a start of a fire a couple of times. The city was pushing the previous owner to get the place um, demolished and, and then developed. And then finally, about three weeks before closing, it actually burnt to the ground. Um, so some people might see this as a good thing because it cuts the dem- demolition costs. It's actually really problematic because now we need to deal with asbestos uh, contamination and it makes things a lot more complicated. But I'm still taking on the project because it's, uh, it's going to be a great learning experience. Very interesting. So what additional burdens does dealing with a, a site that's been burnt to the ground, where does that bring you? Like you said, now you probably have some toxic chemicals that you're going to have to deal with. It's going to be treated more like a contaminated site. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So originally, if the building was still standing, we would have we so we had some environmental tests done, and it was detected that there was asbestos in some of the gyprock, uh, in a few spots, and then in the, some flooring. And uh, the idea was just to get those removed and then get a normal demolition um, going, which would have had a certain cost, but at least it's a lot more contained. Now that the building burnt, it really burnt to the ground. In the end, the uh, the fire department came in with a bulldozer and literally like flattened the place while it was still burning. So it's now just a big pile of rubble. Everything is mixed up. So everything needs to be treated as contaminated. All the, the materials, so the wood, the brick, steel, anything that's left over, even the concrete at this point of the foundation is considered contaminated because it's porous and the fibers can go into it. So the, everything needs to be decontaminated. And in order to do this, um, it essentially needs to be, the big pieces need to be cut down into smaller pieces, and then it needs to be bagged um, in gigantic, the, the bags of um, 40 verges, big dump trucks, essentially, right. with uh, double liners um, in order for them to be buried. And so if um, the reason they're bagged is so that it, when there's water going over it over the years, um, it's not going to spread. So that obviously all this procedure greatly uh, increases our cost. And because we're so close to the river, we also had to deal with the ministry um, to uh, to get an authorization. And that's a, a rather complicated uh, procedure. And we've actually just received our authorization from, from the ministry. So it's a good news. Now we actually need to do the work. The issue is that, as I said, Originally, it was supposed to be a very straightforward demolition and construction, whereas now it's a pretty cumbersome decontamination before we do anything, before we even start excavation for the underground parking. My understanding, and I'm not an expert in this by any means, is that there's essentially three different levels of material when you're removing from a site. There's what's called clean fill, there's what's called contaminated fill, and then there's hazardous, which is even more severe. How has this site been classified? Because obviously the costs... Uh, between those three levels can go, they can skyrocket dramatically. Mm -hmm. So that's a really good question. I'm not sure exactly how what you've described translated for the asbestos, but in our case, there's, yeah, there's three level um, because it's out, it's outside. So it's um, in open air. Originally it was rated as high. And then in talking with them and explaining and so on, we've been able to take it down to medium. And so that lowers the procedure of what needs to be done. Originally, like we might've needed to build it a huge tent over it uh, needed to have showers and uh, everyone who's going to go work there is basically wearing some hazmat suits. Whereas now that we've, it, it's, it's been taken down a notch. It's actually a, a little bit more workable, but it's in the, how it's the, the products is, is touched and then bagged and then disposed of that's really critical. And so obviously it goes, it goes to a, to a sadly to a dump, it's going to be buried. It's mm -hmm. just that it gets buried in a different trench, and everything needs to be um, repertorié. Like three years down the road, we need to be able to know exactly which bag went where. Oh, interesting! So they actually inventory where the hazardous material goes, and so they know where it is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And how does this affect the permitting process for what it is that you're looking to build? So that's a really good question. So the, the project is actually outside of the of the normal zoning for that zoning block. So um, in Quebec, it's called a projet particulier. And that had been approved about two years ago by the city because we're a little bit higher. We cover a little bit more of the land and so on and so forth. So, so some that, variances, basically. 
Exactly. There's some variances outside of our normal um, zoning, code. zoning allow allowance. Right. So the project has been approved. There's a re- resolution by the city. Um, and so now we are working with the team of architects and engineers to do the, uh, the final plans, the plans for permits and construction. And it needs to fit exactly within the box that was approved by that resolution. And so in having a good contact with the city, it, it really helps. And they said, look, as long as you submit something that respects what we agreed two years ago, permit is going to be more of a formality. So at that point, we're we're hoping on about only a month to six weeks to get the approval and get our, our building permit instead of sometimes uh, much longer periods of delay in order to get the authorization. And again, it's going to be short because it's more of a formality because the upleg work was done two years ago to get this project approved. Right. So the entitlements are the key. And typically with entitlements, now some, you know, it varies from one city to the next. Many entitlements really are just focused on the envelope of the building. What's the height? What's the density? What's the footprint? And so on. And as long as you stay, as you said, within that envelope, you're good to go. Where some cities are much more particular is they even get into things like what's the exterior cladding material and they get into architectural design reviews and there's wind studies and noise studies and snow loading studies and traffic studies and on and on and on. So there's many more requirements to meet apart from just the building envelope. But this mm-hmm. is a smaller town with maybe not the same level of rigor that you might find, say, in downtown Toronto or San Francisco. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on. And the city wants this place to be developed. So they've been fairly supportive. Um, before it, it burnt, the place had been actually squatted. There was a number of police reports. And as I said, they were pushing for the previous owner to get it demolished and uh, and developed. So they want this to happen. And they understand, like, you know, if, if, they're, if they put too many restrictions, it's gonna, only going to slow down the process. Now, when there's a fire, I mean, often the question comes up is a question of insurance. Whose insurance? Who gets paid out? And and all of that. Is there even an insurance claim on this property as a result of the fire? At this point, there isn't. It, it's not. There is no claim on it. The building was vacant. It wasn't even covered for fire. I know how surprising it is. Um, and so, obviously, I'm dealing with the, the process, but it's actually a bit of an, an interesting structure with uh, the seller because uh, he owned it and he really wanted the commercial part of that building. And he's essentially buying it back from me and he gave me a pretty good balance of sale. So the cost of decontamination is actually going to be applied with the uh, on the balance of sale. And so this is how we're going to equalize it is just that I put in the energy and the work to actually get it done and, and, and get the execution um, performed. Oh, very interesting. Well, Axel, sounds like a fascinating project I'm sure it's not something that investors deal with every day, but even the notion of dealing with the complexity and the intricacies of a project like this, burning to the ground shortly before closing. If folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Sure. They can reach out reach out to, you, to, to me on LinkedIn, uh, on Instagram, or otherwise just visit our website, realestateeffect.ca, and uh, just send me a message and I'll be happy to chat with anyone. Fabulous. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us, Axel. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Axel Mont-Saint-Jean at realestateeffects.ca. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.